0: grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. I'm Rob Riles and today we're going to have a deeper dive into a number of subjects in today's episode and I've been racking my brains this week because I always like to have a plan about what we're going to discuss, what we can talk about, what we can extrapolate, and the kind of things we can we can dive into. And sometimes life takes you on a path that you can't always control. In fact, life probably takes you on a path that you can't really control anyway, or we can control minimal aspects of it. And that's been a great learning curve. Maybe that's for another time. But this week I've been thinking, right, I'll, maybe I'll talk about this and talk about that and um, I was going to do an interview with somebody who's unable to do it so the void was created via that but as the universe is it threw up a couple of things and uh, in the football world there are certainly a number of topics that in my view need addressing and highlight some real good principles. First of all I'd like to talk about related to the mastery podcast that we did in the first couple of episodes. I'd like to talk about A gentleman called Matthew Syed and one of the people who's really helped me to launch this podcast and create the foundation for it is a gentleman called Rob Moore now Rob's on LinkedIn very 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 successful gentleman young guy property business real good communicator um, big giver and he's really helped an awful lot of people and I've been able to, fortunate enough to be able to take advantage of that and he interviewed a guy called Matthew Syed. Matthew Syed is a prolific author. He's written a number of real, real key books in terms of personal development like Bounce and Black Box Thinking. He writes articles for Times Newspaper and he was talking about the The process of success, if you like, let's just term it as generally as that, the process of success. And I want to pass on to you four key points from a 40-minute discussion that I picked out that I think are really, really relevant to us, to you, if you're on a journey to achieving. And I'm going to nail them. I'm going to talk about them. And we'll hopefully have some examples of what it is that you can use to put into your own life. The first one, and it's enormous. And even on its own, it can change your whole vista. It can change your whole, the whole aspect of your life. And it's redefining failure. And redefining failure so that failure doesn't mean what it probably means right now or what it's probably meant in the past. Because maybe you even dismiss the word failure from your vocabulary so you don't use it anymore and you use another word. Because if we have a definition in our brain in our mind of failure what does it create for you what kind of emotions spring up if somebody holds a placard in front of you or shouts to you failure well to me it starts off that that gut feeling deep down in your stomach where you get those feelings of oh my days you know what's happened here this is not great you feel a little bit small maybe and the tendency is to want to go back into your shell for want of a better expression and maybe it's about redefining what failure is, because if you are going to get to point B from point A, it's highly unlikely and virtually improbable that you're going to walk a straight line without any winds blowing you off path, without any challenges, and you're just going to get there. And it's how you negotiate those obstacles, whatever they may, may be, whether they're in your business, whether they're in your boardroom, whether they're in your dressing room, whether they're on the pitch. Whether they're at home with your family, whether they're a communication issue, whether they're a financial issue, whether they're a health issue, no matter what they are, you are going to get challenges and they will cause you to not go as fast as you thought you were going to go. They will cause you to go off what you think to be off course and they will quite easily define your life as failure if you choose to look at them like that. So actually, it's how we look at things and let's put it into another perspective if you have somebody who has just come over to another country let's say somebody's come over to the uk from it could be anywhere you know in another country and has learnt the language and has for the very first time learned to pick up a telephone and be brave enough and strong enough to have a conversation in their non-native language i.e. english with somebody else and achieve that and put the phone down now if we do that as native Englishmen, Scotsman, Irishmen, if you're a native English speaker, then we don't even think about it. But we've both done the same thing. And one of them will define that as a phenomenal success. So it ultimately it's just how you see things. So redefining failure and looking at it in a completely different way as just a stepping stone possibly as part of the process is a big step for me having listened to many successful people on the journey and that leads you another step on where you say do you know what bring it on bring on the challenges bring on the challenges because those challenges are the only thing that will get us out of our comfort zones and get us into a growth process that by nature by definition is not comfortable It's the same analogy as when we go training, it's the same analogy as when we go into the gymnasium, we go out onto the track and we push ourselves and we hopefully push ourselves to the correct degree which takes us to the limit of what we believe we are able to do and a little bit more so that we stretch ourselves within an ability to recover and the body's response and adaptation mechanisms physiologically will create a stronger and more resilient physicality now that works on a psychological level as well because if you put yourself through situations which challenge you mentally challenge you psychologically socially and you are able to overcome them and deal with them on that level then you will be a stronger more resilient person person on a psychological level you will be a better communicator if that was the issue you will have learned something you will have learned patience or whatever that facet was that enabled you to get through that particular challenge so it's all a process and it's about bringing it on and it changes how we see things and the other thing that Matthew Syed talked about was learning to fail fast because the individuals the organizations that get to success the quickest and therefore have the ability in a time span to create more success learn to fail fast and it all compounds into that learning that failure is not something to be feared it is something to embrace so that we will then take a lesson from what we have done apply that lesson to the next step and move on and move forward and then repeat the process, that constant process of repetition, of analyzing to make sure we're at that level where we're just pushing ourselves sufficiently, that recommended four or 5% beyond where we think we can go, and learning to aim to perfect it. You know, it's not about achieving perfection because, you know, perfection's a disease, and I've been there. It's about improvement and those daily compounded incremental improvements on this journey of success are what will keep us happy or keep us in a meaningful state and enable us to achieve and will prevent us from having those who can relate to those downtimes where you've sat down and it's a little bit of a head in hand situation and psychologically you may have sat there for days or weeks or months and some people for years on end and never been able to get out of it because it's all to do with how they've defined what's happened to them. Massive, massive, massive. The number two from Matthew Syed's discussion was utilizing passionate, purposeful practice. I'm not gonna go into this too much. I've talked about it before in mastery. It's an enormous thing in in my book and it's not just practice because we can all go out there and we can just do the same thing day after day after day after day and some people say oh I've got 25 years experience of doing that well actually you haven't all you've got is one year repeated 25 times because what doesn't happen is that you are not stretched beyond what it is you do. You've learned a skill, you're in the comfort zone, and you just keep repeating that skill. You get great at it, you get excellent at it, but you never stretch the boundaries and you're not growing. So it's that passionate, and it needs to be passionate, because if it, if you're not passionate about it, you probably won't stick at it. It needs to be purposeful, so you need to know how far to push it and in what direction and It needs to be repetitive practice, loving the plateau. Number three, and this is a great one. It's a great one for us all, but it's specifically really good for young people, especially, you know, those who are a little bit vulnerable and and need guidance of of an adult or need guidance of a mentor. And that's the creation of a safe environment. Maybe it's all of us, we need a safe environment. You know, I think we all want and desire and flourish in a safer environment. If you can come to a practice session, you can go to a business meeting, you can go to a home environment whereby you know you can say what you want to say and you know you can engage in a meaningful conversation and what you say will be treated with respect and how you are will be treated with respect you are much more likely to be willing to push yourself and share things. Uh, Just a little story. I've just had a, a conversation with a very, very good friend of mine. And I've shared something with him that I've never, ever shared with somebody else. And that's a testament to him and our relationship. But it's a testament to him that I trust him enough to say what I actually said. There's not everybody I would be able to share that with for various reasons. But that's... An example of the creation of a safe environment. And if you can create that safe environment, you will have more people coming to you than than you can imagine. And the last thing he talked about, and we have touched on it before and one of the others was the other points, the earlier points was the comfort zone. Beware of the comfort zone. Because if you are in that comfort zone, the danger is if you don't listen to your gut feeling, because your gut will be telling you there's a little bit of boredom going on here. There's a little bit of complacency, and you know I don't have to think about it, and I'm, I can I can afford to be late, and I can do things on a little bit sloppy, and it won't really get noticed, and it probably won't. But what it will do is have a negative, detrimental effect on your movement forward. So beware of the comfort zone. So just let's sum it up. Matthew says four key points that are my four key points that I pulled out from his amazing uh, interview with Rob Moore was redefine your journey and redefine the word failure to you embrace passionate purposeful practice create a safe environment and beware of the comfort zone so four great points that really resonated with me I hope they will they will resonate with you and you can get something out of those the other thing that I wanted to share with you was today and uh, I hope you can resonate with this. Um I've as I've mentioned to many of you before I've been listening to a guy called Jordan Peterson as have thousands and probably millions of others in the last few months. This guy has come to the fore in various forms on YouTube and his podcasts and on his website and this gentleman is a phenomenal communicator in my humble opinion and he has a way of defining and redefining the world and he has a way of defining progress and history and explaining things that I've not come across before and I think he deserves attention because he is you know I'm I'm sure he wouldn't he wouldn't uh, hold his hand up and say yeah call me that but he's a phenomenon in terms of his ability to communicate around issues and I believe the underlying thing for that is that he's done the due diligence and he's spent 20 30 plus years in hard clinical study work reading listening thinking analyzing discussing challenging working through and he that process which goes back to Matthew Syed's interview has created him as he is now with this reservoir of knowledge and insight and an intelligence through knowledge through wisdom through reading through thought through discussion through analysis that gives him the ability to go and talk the way he does and say things the way he does and and relate the the way he does and I don't think there's a shortcut to that I'm sure there's lots and lots of people who say you know I'd love to be able to communicate like that I'd love to be able to do that well I think you need to go and do the work. That's, that's how I see it. But the guy is well worth diving into and finding out what he's got to say. But one of his big tenets is telling the truth. And it's such a simple, profound thing that it, it almost just gets washed under the carpet because everybody will think, well, I always tell the truth. Well, he actually says, Jordan Peterson says, actually, no, you don't. No, you do not tell the truth. And he challenges us to analyze our, our, our lives, analyze our daily situations, and just to see how much we do tell the truth. And it might be that you don't tell the truth in terms of to yourself about. It could be anything. It could be how much you've eaten. It could be how much you've had to drink. It could be how many cigarettes you've had. It could be what time you you'll be there. It could be that you you don't. You somebody asked you to um, meet up, and you say, "Yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you know." And you have absolutely no intention of of being there because the avoidance of saying to that person look you know I can't make that it's not for me right now but thanks very much is a bigger challenge but telling that truth is a bigger challenge than saying I'll I'll let you know and then possibly not letting that person know and he says that the act of not telling the truth is a phenomenal destructive force in our lives and it's amazing It, it is amazing and He talks about four steps to a successful, he doesn't use the word successful, he says a meaningful life. Number one, I need to share these because I think they're really simple and really great. Number one, he talks about knowing what it is you want because if you haven't, he says, if you haven't got an aim, then you will be miserable and unhappy and you will be in hell. So know what it is you want. So whatever it is you're looking to do to achieve in your business, in your coaching, in your life, with your kids, with your players, then know what it is you want. Number two, Don't worry about the details, but number two, tell the truth. So whatever transpires in front of you that particular day, tell the truth about it and go about your work. Number three, deal with the consequences. So if you feel the need to say something, say it how you have to say it, whether that's kindly or bluntly or whichever way it needs to be said, but it's the truth, it's the truth, and deal with the consequences no matter what. That is powerful and that is a challenge of magnanimous proportions to be able to do that. Because how many times in our lives do we avoid speaking things because we don't want the consequences? And number four, observe and see what happens and then repeat the process. So you know what you want, speak the truth, deal with the consequences and see what happens. And keep repeating the process. And what he says is. You will end up at a place. That you had no idea. that you, Where you would be. But believe you me. And this is his words not mine. It will be a damn sight better. Than the place you thought you were going to get to. Now I don't know about you. But I think that's powerful. And I think that it's profound. And I think it's well worth investigating. And it is something. I'll hold my hand up and say it is something. I am trying to do in my own personal life to cut out every single little thing that isn't exactly as i see it the truth so good luck with that dive into jordan peterson He's well worth listening to can't recommend him enough and i hope you get something out of it and there's a couple of more things that i i feel i need to talk about on this podcast it's this podcast may not be released until a little bit later on in the year but this this week we've learned of the passing of one of the greats of our industry and a gentleman called Dick Bate passed away earlier this week, age 71. And the number of tributes to Dick that have flooded in, and I've seen them on social media, and I've spoken to colleagues, people who are very, very close to him. And it's almost a torrent of sorrow, a, sorrent, a torrent of praise, and, and a torrent of emotion about a gentleman who people define as an absolute true gentleman I don't want to pretend that and do a eulogy about Dick I was very fortunate and fortunate enough to be a work colleague of Dick's and work closely with him on a number of occasions he used to call me Rilesy and he was just an absolute gentleman and he truly was professionally he was almost one of the grandfathers of coach education he had a, a unique way. He was a total student of the game. He embodied a love for the game that you don't see very often. He was able to communicate and demonstrated a detail about how things should be done on a football fit pitch that I'm not sure you'll ever see anybody else do. I don't like saying never, but he he demonstrated an ability to communicate detail and he demonstrated an ability to absorb people, that was the players he was coaching and the coaches that he was educating at the same time that I've not seen anybody else do. He had a depth of knowledge that was about the game that was, was unique and was enormous. And and he was an absolute, he was an icon in the game. And there are the, the, the number of tributes and the wide variety of places that they've come from across the globe just speaks volumes about Dick's standing in the game. And there are so many people, there are so many coaches. If it's not hundreds, it's in the thousands who owe Dick for so much. He ran courses, he educated people. He demonstrated how you can teach the game in a quiet, purposeful, focused, detailed way without shouting, without bawling, without swearing, without raising your voice, but working with people who wanted to learn the game. If you didn't really want to learn the game, I don't think Dick was, Dick was the right person because he, by his nature, he demanded... He didn't demand verbally, he demanded just by his being, he demanded focus because he would be giving a level of detail in a short, efficient way that has not been paralleled in in my opinion and um, I'm sure there's many people who will say many other things about Dick but 71, condolences to his family and Dick, thank you very much for me personally for your friendship and thank you for the wonderful knowledge that you gave. And um, for somebody who was very, very high up in the game in terms of the echelons that he moved in, when when he turned around and calls you Ralsey, and um, you feel like you're one of his work friends, as was my other great friend, Keith Mayer, says um, you don't remember what people knew necessarily or what they did, but you definitely remember how they made you feel. And Dick used to make me feel like I was a friend. So Dick, rest in peace, pal. Love you, brother. And uh, I think that's a great pace to end this podcast. I don't think there's a, there's a better way to, to end it than uh, a little bit of a personal tribute. And I feel very humbled that I've got this platform to do so. Dick, rest in peace, brother. Guys, we'll catch you again. And um, thanks for listening.